You are now listening to The Last Day's Return of the Historic Faith with your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson and Brother Matthew Marcel. This podcast is for the kingdom Christian in the end times. As aliens in a foreign land and ambassadors of our king, we proudly fly the flag with the cross as we sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hello, my brothers and sisters, and welcome to the first episode of Return of the Historic Faith in quite a while. I have been sharing content here on the podcast for you guys, but it's mainly been episodes of other podcasts and sermons from church that I preach on Sunday. I'll just upload them here to the podcast for you all to be able to listen to because Brother Matthew and I have been extremely busy the past month or so and we haven't really been able to record any new episodes. The last actual episodes of this podcast that were done was the episodes I did on Origins of Evil the where I read a chapter of the book each day and I actually didn't finish the book but we did read all but I think one chapter and I still have all intentions of finishing that I'm going to read the last chapter to you guys and then I'm going to take all the uh, files where I read a, a chapter in each episode and I'm going to put them together and turn Origins of Evil Book 1 Kabbalah into a audiobook. And I may put it on Audible or something of that nature. But in any case, today we are coming together to talk about something that is extremely important and also extremely dangerous. And that is the movement that is sweeping this country, the United States, especially in the whole group of um, Trump supporters and, you know, the the MAGA people, Make America Great Again, um, the the right-wing movement, and they have infiltrated the church, and it may have even began as quote-unquote Christian. I don't know. Um, I, I will say that I have not done very much research into this uh, movement as far as how it began and all of the people involved, but what I have done is 
plenty of spiritual research listening to the things that the speakers in this movement are saying and <laughs> I can tell you that the things that are being said by the guys in, in this movement disagreed with the Holy Spirit inside of me so much so that it kept me up all night Saturday night and I preached about it yesterday morning. I actually did something that I've never done before in a Sunday service during a sermon. I showed a video, um, not, not an entire one, but about a 12-minute clip of a video and then broke down what was said and, and preached on it from the Word of God. And I actually have um, about, I don't have the entire sermon for you guys, but I've got about 25 minutes of it, including what the man said. I've got the 12 minutes, or I don't think it's the whole 12 minutes. I think it's like maybe 10 minutes of the 12 or 15 minutes that he spoke I cut it off you know right there at the end but he, he pretty much had said all he was gonna say and then I proceeded to break down what he said and compare it to what the Word of God and what Jesus and the Apostles say because there is an agenda behind this movement and you know everybody has an agenda I have an agenda you have an agenda the only thing is my agenda is Jesus and the church's agenda the the true Christian agenda which is spreading the gospel making disciples of all nations and patiently but actively awaiting the return of my king because I am an alien in a foreign land. I'm a foreign ambassador here on this foreign soil of the kingdom of the world and I am a citizen of New Jerusalem inside the kingdom of heaven. So, I do the bidding of my king. My king is on the throne. He can never be replaced. He never has to worry about um, having a, a successor or a surplanter or someone trying to, well, maybe trying, yeah, he doesn't have to worry about someone trying, but of course we know that Satan, Lucifer, the enemy, does try. That was his first and greatest sin was wanting to be like God, having pride. We, we know the famous Lucifer passages, um, Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14 and I think it's 14. Uh, hope I didn't just make a fool of myself 
I'm almost positive it is. Uh, in any case, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what these people are saying they want to do, what they're saying their agenda is, and what their agenda actually truly is. But before I do that, I am going to go ahead and let you all listen to the um, clip of Sunday's sermon. It's about 25 minutes long or so. It's just, it starts at the time of the opening prayer right before I started preaching and then after the video is over I speak for maybe five or ten minutes and then the clip ends and after that I I haven't decided I yes now I have decided. I was trying to decide whether I was going to do all of this in one long episode because I wanted to um, I, I want to talk to you guys about this movement. But instead of making this an extremely long episode that is too hard for everybody to listen to because not everybody's like me. I like long episodes. When I'm uh, if, it's, if it's a podcast that I enjoy, I look for the long episodes, especially uh, when I was working at a job that I could actually listen to a podcast throughout the day. It would help the day pass, and so I would, <laughs> I would listen to podcasts, and I tried to find the longest episodes I could but not everyone is like me so what I am going to do is I'm going to just let you all hear the excerpt of yesterday's sermon for this episode and then I'm gonna record another episode and so I'm actually gonna put out two episodes today um, I, I was thinking about waiting and putting out the next episode tomorrow but I'm not gonna do you all like that um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, record it and upload it because I don't have to record the uh, what you're about to listen to I didn't have to record that that was already recorded from yesterday's sermon and I just took and edited out that clip of it, the excerpt of the sermon, and added it here on the podcast. So I'm just going to um, play that for you all, and then afterwards we'll end the program, and then I'll record the second episode, and I'll upload it, and then you can just listen whenever you have time. If you have time to listen to both episodes today, awesome. If you don't have time to listen to them both today, that's fine too. You'll have an episode already there, 
a new episode ready for you to hear tomorrow. So I'm going to go ahead and start the clip of yesterday's sermon for you guys, and I want you all to pay attention to what the man in now it's a video you can't see the video of course but you can hear it I want you to pay attention to what he says now I'm gonna go ahead and warn you that the part with the video clip of the guy speaking he's a lot uh, quieter it's a lot lower the volumes a lot lower on that part than when I'm speaking so you may want to turn the volume up on whatever device you're listening on as loud as it'll go whenever that part comes on because he's very quiet I found that when I was listening or actually watching the video on rumble it was it didn't matter how loud I turned it he was just very very quiet but regardless I'm gonna go ahead and play it for you guys now and then I will say maybe a word or two afterwards just to close us out. And that'll do it for this episode. And then I'll record the next one. All right, guys, I want you to listen to this. And uh, I'll be back after it's finished. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you now, Lord. And I humbly approach your throne of grace, Father God. Lord, I pray now that you would just forgive me of all my sins. Lord, cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. Get any sins out of the way, Lord. Forgive me for them. I repent for them. Those that I can't think of that may be hidden, Lord, I do not want them to hinder the message that you have for your people this morning, your children, your church. So, Father God, I ask that you cleanse me from any and all sins. Lord, I pray that you would just move me out of the way this morning, Father God. Hide me behind the cross in Jesus Christ. Let the Holy Spirit speak through me, Father God. I pray that everything that I say here today will be completely, 100% the Spirit, your Spirit, your Holy Spirit speaking through me, and that I will not add anything to it from my flesh or my opinions. Father God, I thank you so much for allowing us to have another day to live. I thank you so much for each and every person who is here this morning. I thank you for everyone who will see this broadcast of this Sunday morning service afterwards, the recorded version, Lord. I, I thank you for this platform that you have blessed us with to be able to spread the gospel of the kingdom. Father God, I pray that you would give everyone listening and watching, whether they're here with us live in person or they are watching recorded, Father God, I pray that you would just give them ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. 
give them eyes to see what you are saying to them through your word. Father God, I love you. And I ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Amen. Well, today we are going to be talking about something that is extremely, extremely important. Something that is plaguing the church right now. And it's something that really lets us know that we are in the end times, and that is the spirit of Antichrist. We're going to be talking about the spirit of Antichrist that is in the church. We're going to watch a short video here right now, and then I'm going to preach a sermon not so much of a sermon, but we're going to go to the Word of God and we're going to preach the Word and we're going to compare what this guy is saying is what the body of Christ and what pastors should be doing and what the Word of God says that believers and pastors should be doing. The reason we're going to be doing this is because this is something that literally the Lord allowed me to be able to see it in the middle of the night. This is not an exaggeration. I have not been to sleep at all. Something happened in the middle of the night that I won't get into. It's nothing bad. It's just boring. It's nothing that you will be interested in, but it had me up around one in the morning. And I had someone send me a message on Messenger about something going on in one of our groups, and after I was finished with that, I got on Facebook. And someone who is supposed to be a discerning believer, a kingdom Christian, shared the video that I'm going to be playing for you here in a minute in a group that I run. It's the group I'm in charge of, one of them. And actually, the guy that shared it, I'm not going to name the group and I'm not going to name the person. But the guy that shared the video... He used to run this group. It's a pretty big Facebook group. But he actually asked me to take it over several months ago. And I told him no at first because I had too much going on and I didn't think it was, you know, I, I didn't feel led of the Lord to do it. But eventually, the Lord led me to tell him, yes, I will take over the group for you. And I did, and I made a lot of changes right away. Now, he is still an administrator of this group, so he can post whatever he wants, whenever he wants. 
Because if this had just been a normal member of the group, I would have never. Because we have uh, post-approval on. And there's no way I would have ever approved this. Because I would have had to watch it first. And once I watched it, there's no way I would have approved it. But he doesn't need post-approval. Just like if I posted there, I wouldn't need post-approval. Well, we're going to watch this video right now. And I want you guys to listen to what is said. Some of you may agree with this man. Some of you may recognize the Antichrist spirit right away. But whether you agree with him or disagree with him and recognize the spirit, before this is over with, before today's service is over with, the Lord is going to have the last word on it. How many of you knew that Jesus Christ was here with us today? Because he is. The word says when two or three are gathered together in Jesus' name, then guess what? He is there with us in our midst. Not only that, but we have the word of God, the sword of the spirit right here. And this is going to be the final word on the matter. It's not going to be my opinion. It's not going to be your opinion. It's not going to be this man in the video's opinion. It's going to be God's opinion. Because that's the only opinion that matters. It's the only opinion that counts. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to watch this video and then, after we watch the video, you can go ahead and turn into your Bibles to the book of 1 John. Go ahead and start in chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to go ahead and start the video now. of the United States so that they can secure the blessings of liberty? If the church doesn't do it, who's going to do it? It's not going to get done. What we're seeing today is what we're witnessing today in, in, the terms, in terms of tyranny is the pulpits of America have vacated their sacred duty to proclaim the whole counsel of God, which encompasses the political worldview and the founding charters. All of those things came out of the pulpits of America. They were preached for decades by the time the American Revolution started. That's why the British called the American clergy the Black Regiment. It was a derisive reference to the black robes they wore when they preached. They wore black Cambridge gowns, all the full-length Cambridge gowns. And the British hated the American clergy, and they had good reason to hate them, because they were patriot pastors. They loved liberty, and they believed it was sacred and worth for and dying for. So a patriot pastor preaches political and election sermons. He regards his flock as those within and without his church in his local community. They're not just the people that come to the building on Sunday morning. 
His flock may not even know Jesus yet. A lot of them are in the civil society outside the four walls of the church. He sees the church as curator of its temporal domicile. Do you know what a domicile, anybody know what a domicile is? Home, right. He will not withhold truth to avoid offending members of his flock. Many pastors that I've gone to over the years, over the last 10 years, and asked to get involved, asked to take a stand for liberty, have said to me, but I could, it's clear that they won't say certain things in the pulpit. They won't talk about politics because they know there are some people in their congregation that are, really don't know the truth. And so they're afraid they're going to lose those people. Why? I don't know. But a patriot pastor will not defer to an errant minority in his flock. We have pastors today who are deferring to a small minority in their churches they're afraid of losing. And we're losing our country right now. A patriot pastor holds liberty to be sacred and teaches the church to pray for and steward local government. It is Government is our responsibility in the church. It is not the responsibility of the children of, disobedi- of disobedience. Who controls the behavior of the children of disobedience? Right. The prince of the power of the air, right? That's what scripture says. The people who don't know Jesus that are not born again are actuated by the prince of the power of the air. They're inspired and actuated, and that's who energizes them. Did the serpent have power over Adam and Eve? Didn't God say to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth and rule over it? Were they not the absolute rulers of earth? Could the, could the serpent have come in and, and just tied Eve up and kicked her out and taken over everything that God gave to them? No. Tyranny is weak. And what tyranny does is it, there's a great word, arrogate. Tyranny uh, usurps power via the instrumentality of deceit. You ever thought about that? Who was the first tyrant? You should know this. Eventually, at some point, you should know this. The first tyrant was the serpent. And why was he a tyrant? Because he used deceit to arrogate Adam's seat and authority. Every tyrant in human history is weak. They're fundamentally weak. But they usurp other people's authority by deceiving them. All tyranny is deceit. There are lies of commission. There are acts of omission and acts of commission, but there are also lies of commission and omission. A pastor who will not proclaim the, full, the whole counsel of God and will not teach his flock how to, how, to, how to behave politically in a manner that secures liberty and turns the civil society around, you know, he's committing a sin of omission. Not preaching the whole counsel of God is a sin of omission. And I'm here to tell you this morning that there's a special place in hell reserved for for people that call themselves pastors and are afraid to preach the whole counsel of God. Again, which includes political sermonizing. You know, political sermons were preached in America for over 200 years, well over 200 years. And while while they were preached, liberty was secure. 
Since the Johnson Amendment, which effectively ended political preaching in America, Americans have been subjected to journalistic tyranny, educational tyranny, economic tyranny, military tyranny, judicial tyranny, political tyranny, legal tyranny, sexual tyranny, reproductive tyranny, ethnic tyranny, and the principal reason we are at these awakening events, medical tyranny. What has empowered this medical tyranny? It is deceit. It has empowered every form of tyranny over the years. We must, but now I want to, I want to uh, take a little bit of a turn here and go back to my, top, my talking about the pastors. I usually get up here and I talk, say a lot about the history of the pulpit. The history of the pulpit in America was the most, it really is one of the most epic stories of the founding of a nation, of a nation in human history. I mean, the founding of Israel under Moses, that was great. It was incredible. And there's nothing that can surpass it. But America is, is almost on a plane with that, the epic nature of America's founding. I'll tell you one story. Let me check my time here. My 25 minutes, my 15 minutes are running out quickly. How long was, any, what was the, how many know about the first, the shot fire around the world, what it was? How many is it was early morning. It happened in Lexington. It was one shot. Uh, it's the start of the revolution, the American Revolution. It happened in Lexington. And who was the pastor in Lexington? How many know his name? You should know it. It's an important part of American history. His name was Jonas Clark. He pastored the Church of Christ in Lexington. He was very active in state politics. He actually wrote all the significant government papers for Lexington, for Lexington and Concord. He was a brilliant man. And he was friends with John Hancock and Sam Adams, who were staying at his home the night that Paul Revere rode into town to let the, let the people of Lexington know that the British regulars were on their way. With, and they had orders not to return without Sam Adams and John Hancock in stocks. Revere came in at midnight. He woke the whole family up. Everybody was down at the front door. And he told them what was happening. And one of those two men, Sam Adams or John Hancock, I don't know which one, said, sir, to the pastor, sir, will your people fight? The pastor said, I have prepared them for this very hour. He didn't say, do we need to wear masks? <laughs> right? He didn't say, should we social distance out there on Lexington Green? Give me a break. He didn't say that. He said, I have prepared them for this very hour. And he had, because he had actually helped to train the militia. He helped Joseph Parker train the militia. He was a patriot. So when the, when the uh, Minutemen, the militia, began to muster on Lexington Green about 1 a.m., the pastor went out and greeted them at 2 a.m. I imagine he prayed with them, encouraged them, stand their ground. And when the battle unfolded the next morning, it, happened, it was just a matter of a few minutes. It was over in Lexington, and it was on to Concord. When Clark went out to survey the, the deaths or the, the casualties on Lexington Green, he found eight men from his church dead lying there on Lexington Green. Did he pay a price for liberty? We're all going to pay a price for liberty. For true liberty, we're going to pay a price. We can stand, we can, you know, we can bloviate forever uh, at, at events like this, but we have to pay a price. We're not going to get liberty back without a fight. We're just not. 
So that week, the funeral was held with eight caskets piled one on top of the other in his church. And that's what lit the fires of the revolution. Pastor after pastor after pastor after pastor, especially in the New England colonies, called their churches together and told, the, told the, their congregations that the British were murdering their brethren of New England and then charged them to go to war with them, shouldered their own muskets, and then went to, went to war. I could tell you story after story, but I don't have time for that. It is an amazing history. But the church won liberty for America. The church did. And it wasn't just talk. Peter Muhlenberg in Woodstock, Virginia, on January 21, 1776, he was a member of the Virginia House of Burgesses. Evidently, he didn't get the memo about separation of church and state. There is no separation of church and state. Thank you. We actually have a, a sacred obligation to defy the idea of separation of church and state. Because we are the only ones that can secure liberty. The only ones. Those who know God. So Muhlenberg left. Okay, we are going to break everything this man said down. By the way, his name is Clay Clark. It's Clay Clark's Reawaken America. Reawaken America. I want to start with something he said towards the end. He's talking about the men who were killed, I don't know, I can't remember if they were pastors or if they were just members of his congregation, but the eight caskets. He said, did they pay a price for liberty? Yes, there's always a price for liberty. Guess what, my friends? If we are in Christ Jesus, we have liberty, and the price has been paid. Jesus paid the price for our liberty. He took captivity captive and set the captives free. We have liberty. There is no separation of church and state, he says. The church won liberty for America. No, friends, it wasn't the church. The church are you and I who are on the vine in Jesus Christ following His commandments. If you are following the commandments of Jesus Christ, you are the church. If you are following the commandments of Jesus Christ, you're not going to kill. You're not going to be connected to the state, to the politics. The man said there's a special place in hell for me. Pastors who won't preach 
politics in the pulpit. I preach politics in the pulpit. I'm a patriot. I'm a patriot of the kingdom of God. And I'm a citizen of New Jerusalem in the kingdom of God. Now I'm going to get off my soapbox and I'm going to calm down, lose my righteous anger, because Lord knows right now I feel it. We're going to go to the Word of God. I know I said that we were going to begin in 1 John, and we are going to 1 John, but we are going to start in the Gospel of John in chapter 18. This is when Jesus Christ is being accused before Pilate. And Jesus is before Pilate being tried, and it says in verse 33, we're in John chapter 18, verse 33, it says, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, and sayest thou, he, Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it of tell thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priest have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Listen to the words of our Lord, our King, the only one who we should have any allegiance to. We are his ambassador. Listen to what our king says. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore saith unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end I was born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. If you hear his voice, you obey his commandments. This man, this Clay Clark, I'm not going to tell you he's never heard the voice of Jesus. I'm not going to tell you he's never been on the vine because I don't know enough about him to tell you that. But Jesus told us that we would know other believers by their fruits. And friends, this man is not a believer. He is full of the spirit of Antichrist. We are in the last days. Take a stand, they say. That's what this is all about. Friends, you better wake up. You better open your eyes and realize the agenda that's going on here. 
Civil War, Civil War, and World War. Civil War in America and other countries, and then world conflict. It's coming. You don't believe me? Read the book of Revelation and see for yourself. This man is under the spirit of Antichrist, and he's pushing a political agenda, and it's not to raise up America and make America great again. No. They want to destroy the old world order to bring in the new world order. All right, my brothers and sisters, I hope you all listened and were able to hear what that guy said. I will say this. I want to um, kind of correct something. Whenever I said his name, I think I think I was wrong about that. I don't think that that was his name. I think that the name I gave was the person who is, um, who's like kind of, uh, putting on the whole speaking, uh, tour or whatever. I think he's the one that's responsible for it and behind the whole speaking tour and, and not the name of the guy who was speaking. But I hope that you were able to hear what he said and, I know that I didn't give a very long rebuttal in that clip you heard, but I promise you that I did give a very, very long rebuttal um, in my sermon. I preached for an hour and a half. Um, Kingdom Christian Assembly is not like your average Baptist church. You know, we don't have people sitting there watching their watches, you know, uh, ready to get out of the door to get to the restaurant for Sunday dinner. No, I will say that the Lord has truly, truly blessed me and, all, and everyone else as well, but truly blessed me with a, a congregation of believers who are hungry for the Word of God and... See, I think the the thing is, and the reason why they aren't just ready to dash out the door, it's got nothing to do with me being a good preacher. Because the last, I mean, come on now, you guys listen to me on the podcast. You know I'm not an orator. God didn't bless me with the gift of gab. He just didn't. But he didn't have to when it comes to preaching because I don't get up there and try to preach a sermon that I've created before usually the night before and and always the morning before I pray earnestly and I ask the Lord to please just move me completely out of the way I try to empty all of myself out before I come to preach the Word of God. And I just let the Holy Spirit speak. Although I will know what I'm going to preach on a lot of the time as far as 
maybe the the book of the Bible or books plural or the topic that we're going to be speaking on I don't sit down and write out a sermon I used to you know that's the way we were taught in seminary but once I left the denominational system and completely surrendered my life to God the gospel of Jesus Christ and the ministry I <laughs> eventually changed the way that I preached because I I want to I don't want to say the wrong thing I don't want to say that there aren't good preachers who do the same thing in the denominational system you know most of you know I came out of the Southern Baptist Church there are very good preachers in the Southern Baptist Church who some of which are good orators but there are others who do the same thing I do and they let the Spirit speak through them so I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying I'm just saying that the Lord uh, worked with me convicted me convicted my heart on preaching the right way and that is and, and I will say that a lot of the way I came to preach the way I do now is because of finding and reading the anti-Nicene writings from the three volumes of the anti-Nicene Fathers and listening to people like Brother David Berceau and Phil Baker and BDK and others who I learned how the apostles and the anti-Nicene preachers preached. They preached the Word of God. They didn't stand up and preach their opinions or their uh, interpretation of the Word of God, but they understood that the Word is sharper than any two-edged sword and it doesn't need human spin to be put on it for it to convict the hearts of non-believers and believers alike it just needs to be preached Jesus in the word and it doesn't anytime I say Jesus sometimes I've had people say that wasn't Jesus that said that well a lot of times I'll say Jesus said even if it's another a book of the Bible that was written by an apostle or you know even in an Old Testament book I'll say Jesus because friends Jesus was the word made flesh and so something from the word of God is coming from Jesus Jesus is God Jesus is the son God the son the Holy Spirit which is God and Spirit. It is the Spirit of the living God spoke through the writers of all of Scripture. So all of Scripture is from Jesus. So if I say Jesus said and you recognize
recognize it to be something Paul said or Jeremiah said or whatever. Just understand what I mean when I say that. But anyways, um, you know, the Word of God says that here, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And it also says that how will people know, how will they hear if there's no preacher to preach? And the apostles, they did just that. They preached the word. They preached the gospel. They actually were there with the living Christ. They knew and were taught by Jesus Christ. Even in the case of the Apostle Paul, he met the living, resurrected Lord. And the gospel that Paul preached is the gospel. It's the same gospel that Jesus preached. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' greatest sermon, what we use as the guide for Christian living and the way of salvation, you know, that's the exact same thing that Paul preaches. The only reason that any of us see something different when we read the epistles of Paul is because of things that we were taught by preachers who were preaching from uh, interpretation, man-made interpretation of Scripture. There is only one perfect theology, and that is the doctrine of Christ. Anything outside of the doctrine of Christ is false and wrong. So, that is why I preach the way that I do. I uh, kind of went off on a 10-minute rabbit trail there, and I apologize. I really do. I didn't mean to do that. Um, but anyways, I, what I was saying was, yeah, I preached on what this man said and on the movement for an hour and a half yesterday and I could have kept going and I told everyone at the end I said you know I, I know that you guys are ready for me to stop preaching and I've been going for an hour and a half so I'm gonna stop but I could preach the Word of God all day and I really could have man I could have preached all day yesterday and been just as content as I could be I have truly found that I am my happiest when I am preaching the gospel. I really am. And, you know, that doesn't mean I always feel like preaching the gospel. There are a lot of times I don't even feel like getting up and going to church to preach. Or feel like getting up and going out for our homeless outreach or street ministry. But... That's when it's the most important to do it, when we don't feel like doing it. Because that is 
enduring. That is overcoming. That is persevering. I mean, what I just told you that I'm my happiest when I'm preaching the gospel. So if I'm feeling good and, you know, I'm in a good mood and I do feel like going and preaching and I'm ready to go preach, it's not any great sacrifice for me to get up and do what I'm the most happy doing. That's not a sacrifice. But when I feel bad, when I don't feel good, and I'm not in any mood to preach, when I get up and go preach then, that's when it's a sacrifice, and that's something that God recognizes. You know, I'm, I'm not even almost trying to compare that to the persecution or sacrifices that we are going to have to make in the future or that the early Christians had to make or that the persecuted church around the world is having to make right now. No, not at all. But what I am saying is that God sees all of our sacrifice and he does not, he, he counts all of them and he knows our works, he knows the intentions of our heart and we're going to be judged on those things believe it or not and regardless to what any Calvinist preachers told you we're going to be judged on those things so you know I I did like I said I did it enough exhortation on what the guy said afterwards that you all just heard to get the point across and in the next episode I'm going to really be speaking on not just what he said and what this movement is saying and what it's about but I'm also going to be absolutely destroying the myth of Christian America or Christian any nation fill in the blank there has never been a Christian nation other than the Israel of God and when I say the Israel of God I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven the church we are the only Christian nation and just like our king said our kingdom is not of this world if our king's kingdom is not of this world, then by default, our kingdom's not of this world. But there are many, 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 many passages that, you know, show that our kingdom is not of this world. Um, we're going to go through all of them, but I've also got quite a bit of information to show you guys that America has never ever been a Christian nation and I am going to I know that that's kind of a contradiction of what I just said when I said there's no such thing as a Christian nation but I said it like that because that's what people believe that 
America was one time a Christian nation. I mean, for crying out loud, this guy speaking had the nerve to compare the founding of America to the founding of the nation of Israel, to what God did in founding the nation of Israel. I mean, how much more do you have to hear like that for you to understand that this guy and this movement is not of God? It's full of and from the spirit of Antichrist. The same spirit that he spoke of in the beginning. He talked about the sons of disobedience that the prince of the power of the air were working through. He was quoting Ephesians chapter 2. And you know what? He should know quite a bit about that because the prince of the power of the air is the very same thing as the spirit of Antichrist. The very same thing. And I'm going to read this really quick. It says, and you, hath, and you, you, talking to us believers, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the cor cor course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So, that is the same as the spirit of Antichrist. And in times past, believers in Jesus Christ, we were living according to the world and the ruler of the world who is the prince of the power of the air but now we no longer do that we are now full of the holy spirit the spirit of the living god and so i want you guys to really really think about that and i want you to have your Bibles available with you when you listen to the next episode, if at all possible, so that you can see just what I'm talking about. Because I'm going to be pointing out some things in the next episode that I'll probably, I probably won't have time to read the scriptures out. I'll just because what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be reading and quoting from David Berceau's book, and it's his book called "In God We Don't Trust," and it's about the myth of Christian America. Uh, it's the truth about how and why this country was founded the way it was founded who founded it 
was God involved? If he was involved, in what way? And all, and we're going to really, really get into it because it's important for you not to be caught into this movement. It's important for you not to be deceived into believing that we should uh, fight against this tyranny in any other way than by spreading the gospel and trying to bring as many people into the kingdom of God as we possibly can. It's trying to get as many souls from out of the fire and out of this world as we possibly can do. Jesus, God the Father, through the Holy Spirit, is who's responsible for saving them. But we are the ones that are supposed to make disciples and preach the gospel. Alright friends, I'm going to end it here so that I'll be able to record the next episode for you guys. And I'll get that next episode uploaded just as soon as I possibly can and if you have time and you want to listen to it today feel free if you don't you'll have an episode that you can listen to tomorrow alright my brothers and sisters for Kingdom Productions the next chapter radio network and return of the historic faith this is Pastor Jeremy Anderson saying until next time, God bless each and every one of you, grace and peace.